Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. And um, I've been enjoying the journey this far, and we are planning on, Lord willing, to wrap up chapter uh, 4 tonight, all right, chapter 4, and so we'll be picking up in verse 18, and uh, reading through verse 31, all right, so... A little bit of a lengthy reading, but just bear with me there. Follow along. We'll pray and ask God's blessings. All right? So Exodus chapter 4, and uh, we'll pick up in verse 18. All right? So remember here, God has been speaking to Moses through the burning bush. And now we find Moses is getting ready to return to Egypt. And through our text, we'll see that he does return. We'll be looking at that journey of returning, all right, to Egypt, okay? So in verse 18, we find the conversation now is ended at the burning bush, all right? Mount Horeb, the Mount of God, as we also know, Mount Sinai. Verse 18, And Moses went and returned to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return unto my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they... um, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. And the Lord said unto Moses in Midian, Go, return into Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. And Moses took his wife and his sons and set them upon an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that thou do all those wonderful, or excuse me, wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thine hand, but I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. And, so, and I say unto thee, Let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. It came to pass by the way, in the end, that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Then Sipporah, of course being Moses' wife, took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and cast it at his feet and said, Surely a bloody husband art thou to me. So he let him go. Then she said, A bloody husband thou art because of the circumcision. The Lord said, said to Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of God and kissed him. And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people, what's the next word? Believed. We see the work of God here. And the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, 
and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. What a wonderful ending, that chapter. Let's pray. Father, we ask you to guide us in this text. We want to be honest and true to it. Uh, Father, help us to rightly divide it. Help us to gain practical wisdom and truth for our own living. Uh, Lord, guide me. I, I completely rely on you. Uh, to speak the truth that each believer tonight needs for their life and their situations, the, face that they're, the things that they're facing. So, once again, I rest completely upon your spirit to speak the most important words tonight for each believer that is here or even listening online. So be with us. I pray that everything that is said and done is glorifying to you. In Christ's name, amen. Amen, amen, and amen. So that tonight the message is this, the best way forward, all right? So have you ever heard the saying, the right place at the right time, all right? Maybe you've heard this one, there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything, right? There's a right way and a wrong way. I think Moses has experienced a lot of that in his journey. I think we've seen that thus far. The right, pla- or the right place, wrong time, wrong time, wrong time. I mean, he, he is, that, that's been his life. He's, he's seen those things. But we've also seen that he has been in the right place at right time in his growth and his journey of becoming a deliverer for God and for God's people. Um, he has learned that there are wrong ways and right ways to carry out God's will and God's bidding. Amen. And maybe you all have learned those things throughout your life as a Christian. So Moses has done that. He's experienced those things. Now Moses' Moses's greatest fear, that we're going to learn, is this, is that they won't believe him when he comes to tell them the message about God delivering them. That, I mean, that is his fear. All right? And so what we're going to find that God really fulfills what he says he's going to do. Isn't that a great thing that that's the God we serve? That what he says he's going to do and he, he does it. And he does it the best way at the right time. And so here, we, what I want us to see through Moses' journey, as he leaves God there on the Mount of God, Mount Horeb, and he makes his way to Egypt, Moses is moving forward now. He's got his work boots on, he's got the rod of God in his hand, and he's going to do the work now. He's got the training that is needed to now head to the front line and do the work of a deliverer. But there is a journey between the, the, the exit of the conversation with God to speaking to the elders there in Egypt of the children of Israel. That journey, we're going to learn some truths tonight that will help us also have, make the, be, the best way moving forward for us. Some, I think, some practical things that will help us as individuals, us as families, fathers, mothers, children, to move forward forward for God isn't that our purpose move forward for God and I think there's always the best way to do that so we're going to learn some of those things tonight the best way in moving forward now first of all what I want you to see is we began there in verse 18 number one I want you to see this we see the best way to move forward I believe we find here is with the family's blessing now, this, this comes when a family really needs to be unified. It really needs to be on the same page with the Lord. But Moses, we find here, he, he makes a step, and he goes to Jethro 
for one purpose, and that's to have his support. That's to have his blessing in what he's going to do. So we see here with the family's blessing, letter A, we see Moses receives approval. Moses receives approval from Jethro. So notice it in the text. All right? So we find in verse 18, And Moses went and returned to Jethro his father-in-law and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return to my brethren which are in Egypt, and see whether they be yet alive. And Jethro said to Moses, Go in peace. Go in peace. So Moses takes the time. He didn't have to do this. But Moses took the time. To go, I, I mean, he spent 40 years with this man, with this family. So I think it's honest to say that Jethro has become really a second dad to him, right? I mean, that's what would happen to me. If I spent 40 years with, with, in, in his position with a father-in-law, I mean, it would be a second dad. And so I think, you know, Moses in his own self wanted, needed, wanted and needed support. I think God's people tonight. God's given you a family. I think families, one of the purposes of families is to support one another for the cause of God. Amen? For the work of the gospel. For ministry. And I'm thankful for that. I, I, I think a church family as well is, is, is meant to be a family of support for one another to do the work of God. To carry on. To go forward. Alright? But here it, it was his family. The family that he had married into. Now... Now, not only, like I said, showed Jethro respect, but it gave Moses support. I think it gave Moses even extra confidence. Amen? Has God ever dealt with your heart to make a move and make a step to do something? And someone come, come, come put their arm around your neck, maybe it was your mom or your dad or a friend or someone, say, you know, you have my prayers. I'm behind you all the way. You're not alone. Being a Barnabas, amen? I mean, this Jethro essentially being like a Barnabas to Moses. And see, here's the thing. He didn't tell Jethro the whole conversation him and God had. Right? He didn't. But Moses is going here to see his people, to see if they're yet alive. Moses is going to do the work of God. He comes to Jethro. Jethro supports him. And that's the way families should be, Amen? That's the way families should be. Support them as they're living for the Lord. I think many times, I think parents can make mistakes. When their children, may, God, God may be taking their child into a different area of work that make a, may look a little different than, the, than their own work as God's servant. And they begin to frown upon that and begin to discourage them. You see... God has used you in a particular way, in a particular place, at a particular time. And God may be using your child in a different area of ministry. God may take your child from this church that they've been in for all these years for a particular ministry. There may be something there. But I have seen, I have seen parents get so upset of how God's using their child. That's not the way it should be. You see, Jethro could have said this. Moses, you've been here for 40 years. Why do you have to be different than all the rest of my daughters and the rest of my son-in-laws? Why can't you just follow tradition in our family and stay here and serve God? Right? Jethro didn't do that. He didn't guilt him 
into modifying what God wanted them to do, and so it would just suffice the tradition of their family. He did not stay there with that family. He was going back to Egypt. God's purpose for him and his family. And I think families, even though sometimes when, when, when God may move part of your family somewhere, use them in a certain way, or their ministry may look a little bit different than yours, we should support them and get behind them. I'm not talking about doctrinal differences in someone's life as a, you know, serving God. I'm talking about it just looks a little different than your ministry. All right? And it happens. I have talked uh, with, with, with sons and daughters, and, 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 and this has happened. It should not be that way. Jethro, I think, was a great example of how, I think, parents, families are to support one another as they serve God according to God's calling on their life. So Moses, Jethro supported him. Moses received an approval. Um, so let me ask you a question. If you have children, when's the last time you said, Son, I'm supporting you as you serve God? Or maybe you have a daughter. I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I'm behind you all the way as you serve God and as you surrender to His will for your life. I have your back. I support you. That means a lot coming from a parent. Amen? I don't want to ever be a parent that when God is using my child that I, that I go days and weeks and months and not tell them, hey, God is using you and I'm proud of you. I support you in this work that God's called you to. Or this church that God has actually placed you in to serve. It hurts my heart. You're not with me any longer, but God has placed you in a Bible-believing church where He wants to use you. Sometimes we are driven by emotion and tradition when we need to be driven by God's calling on our life, right? But Jethro, I just, just got to reading that and begin to think that's a great example for us in supporting one another. So we see with the family's blessing, I think that's really the, one of the best ways of going forward in serving God is supporting one another. Secondly, we see with God's direction. With God's direction. So we find, as Moses, of course, he, he said, go in peace, Moses. So we did... Um, Go and return into Egypt, and all the men, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. That's what the Lord was telling him. So we see God with God's direction. And specifically, now what we are seeing is that God has given safe passage to Moses. God has provided safe passage for Moses. What are you talking about, Brother Josh? Safe passage. Well, you see, when he, between the Time that he killed the Egyptian guard, and now those that were in rule, the Pharaoh, the Pharaohs of the time, those that were in the palace that served with those Pharaohs, there were people that wanted to kill Moses. Right? It's what God said. He said, Now it's safe to go back. Now it's the right time, and the Egypt is the right place for you to serve me. I have made safe passage. This is remarkable. This is really remarkable to see how God. Is, is truly uh, sovereign in the affairs of man. He takes up kings, he takes down kings, right? That's God's wheelhouse. That's what he does. And so what we find here is how it's a very important as God's children that when we go forward, we go forward not with doubting God, but we go forward in the right time that God wants us to in a certain area of our life when he says to do it. Why? Because there's more details than just you walking in to service. There are so many details in the background that God's working out. 
You see, just in Moses' time, there were pharaohs. There were those that worked for Pharaoh. And I'm sure all of them did not like Moses. And those that had authority would have had him killed if they saw one hair on his head. But now that's not the case. He said it's safe to go back. I say, I look at even in our time, and even looking past in churches, in men and women that have served God. God, you see, the, the time that we're serving God, and in the past there have been kings, there have been presidents, there have been leaders, there have been conservative leaders, there have been liberal leaders, there have been laws, and there have been things, there have been executive orders, there have been a lot of things all around us that could impact us in a lot of different ways. And here's what God does. He not only places you where He wants you when He wants you, but He places everything else that's going on from the highest powers to the lowest powers. He arranges all of those things in a way that when He does call you to this place for this purpose, it gives Him the most glory. Are you following me? There's a lot more to it. When God says, this is what I want you to do and the time I want you to do it. When God says, wait, don't go here. We wait because there's more to it than just you being in that moment. Every other detail that your mind cannot even fathom, God is working out for His glory and His purpose. So the best way forward is with God's direction. Why? Because God provides saved passage. So when God says, hey, jump, right now is the right time, don't waste what God has done all in the background to be the most effective. For the souls that you will reach in the glory of God. All right? God provides safe passage. Let me just ask you this. Maybe someone has been in a tragic car accident. Should not have walked away from it. By all means and all logic should not have walked away from it. But they did. Now who orchestrated that? I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in God's sovereign hand in the affairs of men. Amen? Maybe there was an illness that by all means you should have died from. But you didn't. Right? Whose hand is that? God. It's God's hand. I look even back at our nation. The miraculous events. I did a message not too long ago about the, about the hand of God and how he brought this nation to be. The miraculous that took place for this nation to be what it is for the glory of God. It was God, right? God provides safe passage for His will and for His servants to carry out His bidding. That's what God does. So God, God gives direction. That's the best way for it because He provides safe passage. But also, God provided Moses prepared. Excuse me. God prepared Moses for resistance. Go on and look a little bit further. He says, so I want you to go to Egypt, right? He said, now it's the safe time to go. And he said in verse 21, The Lord said to Moses, When thou goest to return into Egypt, see that they will do all the wonders before Pharaoh, which I put in thine hand. So he put all the power Moses needed in his hand to do the work. He said, do it in front of Pharaoh. Okay? But notice what he says. And we all get bent out of shape when we get to this verse. Most of us do. All right? That I will harden his heart, that he shall not let the people go. We'll probably spend more time on that, even in a later message, but it is here, and I want to speak a little bit about that. We see that God prepares Moses for resistance. So first of all, understand this. 
we see that rod in his hand, it's no longer Moses' rod, is it? It's God's rod. God gave him exactly what he needed to do the work. And God's going to do the work in the way he wants to do it, through Moses. But here's what's going to happen. He said, Moses, I want you to do all of these signs and all these things I tell you in front of, in front of Pharaoh. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to harden his heart to not let the people go. All right? That's what I'm going to do. And what, what sense can we make of that? Well, I can almost assure you that, that Pharaoh has spent many years already hardening his own heart. Dealing with the Israelites. Hearing the Israelites cry. Pharaoh's a lost man and hardened his own heart against God. Really, God has every right to use people as he wants to, right? Here we find he hardens his heart in a particular way so he would not let the people go. That's the hardening that he's doing, to not let the people go. That, that's, that's what God is, is working out in Pharaoh. So God is using this man. It's already hardening his heart. As, Mo, as, as Moses comes to him, and God says, I'm going to use his heart for a greater purpose. Here's what's going to happen, Moses. You're going to do the work. By all means, you think it or just sway his heart. But there's a lot bigger picture here than just swaying the heart of Pharaoh. All right? You see, he, Moses going to Pharaoh and going to Egypt was not just about Pharaoh. And we're going to get to the, we're going to get to the, the plagues that's going to happen, right? That's sometimes your favorite part of the story, just seeing all the plagues that's happened. Um, you see, God's, God's purpose in all of this is simply this, that the gods of Egypt would fail and that he would be supreme, right? That, that's what God is wanting to work out. And so in this sense, for that to happen, for the children of Israel to know, because the children of Israel spent a lot of time with these gods, Right? So he's going to get glory and be seen as supreme through the Egyptians, from the Egyptians, but also the Israelites. And so Pharaoh is, is an instrument in that. So God says, I'm going to harden his heart, and he's not going to let them go until I'm ready for them to be let go. God has every right to do that. He's God, right? He's God. And he, and he, and he does that very Thing. He wants to be supreme. So God will work out a plan. So notice this for yourself. God will work out a plan for your life that you and others might see his supreme nature. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever, you ever said to God, God, I've done everything you wanted me to do in the right time, in the right place, the right resources. I tried to follow your will to the, to the period, to the and why didn't it work out the way I thought that was going to work out? Why didn't this move further than I thought it was going to move? Why was the results not what I thought they would be? They were completely opposite. Because God is always working in your life that not only you, but others around you will see that He is supreme in your life. That you are to be completely dependent on Him. Alright? So no other gods can stand the test against God. The God of heaven. And that was what God is wanting them to see. Matthew Henry said this, he said, Though corruption may object much against the services God calls us to, yet grace will get the upper hand and will be obedient to the heavenly vision. God, you know, this, the potter, the, which is God, the great heavenly, heavenly potter, does not make a mistake with the vessel that he's created for the purpose he wants to. 
So when you go out and you work for God and you labor for God and you don't see the result you thought you would see, understand this, God is working out something great. Keep, he didn't tell Moses to stop. Moses is going to keep on doing, showing the signs and showing the signs and doing the wonders and the miracles. And God's going to continue working through the hardening of Pharaoh's heart for the benefit of his own people and for the Egyptians to see that their gods are puny, that their gods have no life. So we see that. We see not only that the best way forward is with family's blessing. Not only do we see the best way forward is with God's direction. All right? But we also see, as we go a little bit further, this gets pretty heated between Moses and his wife. The best way forward for God is having family unity. So we find that God prepares Moses for resistance. All right? God told, God told Moses that I know the resistance you're going to face, and I'm going I'm to deal with that for my own glory. I'm thankful for that. That any, any obstacle I face, it's not a surprise to God. Right? It doesn't, it doesn't surprise God. It doesn't catch Him off guard. But God uses those things. And God, God is in control. Not run, don't run away from the resistance. God knows it's there and He will use it. But here I want us to see, as we read a little bit further, we get into the family between Moses and Zipporah. All right? So you read a little bit further, and it says in verse 25, so they're traveling, right? Took his wife and his children. They're heading to Egypt. So look at, actually look at verse um, 23. And I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. That's the message that Moses is to tell Pharaoh, talking about the children of Israel. All right? To let them go. But then notice, there's something happening. Something that's going to happen, could have happened. Verse 24. And it came to pass by the way, in the end, that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. Now who's he talking about? He's talking about Moses. Moses' life was on the line. It's interesting, this, this place right here is just like, put on the brakes for a second and let me reveal to you something that happened between Moses, God, and Zipporah. We find out here that there, uh, marital unity is what I'm trying to get to here. There's a lack of unity that you're going to find between Moses and Zipporah. Now, why would God seek to kill Moses? Why was like Moses' life on the line right here? You see, what he forgot to do, his second son, he forgot to put the mark of the Abrahamic covenant upon his son, which is the circumcision, right? Which is the Abrahamic covenant. And what that means is simply this. It was a physical marking on, on the children of Israel that represented the redemption of blood with no confidence in the flesh. The cutting away of the flesh, all right, was symbolic of the Abrahamic covenant. This was something that Moses was to do. You read a little bit further, you'll find that Sipporah thought very little of that. He says, You're, you are a, uh, if you look a little bit further, surely a bloody husband art thou to me. And she repeats it and says it again. You're going to find she didn't quite like this, this token, I think, that God gave. And we know a Abraham did, did do this with the first son, but not the second one. And here I, I, I don't see unity. And folks, I'm telling you, a family can't move forward 
I think in the best way for the glory of God, if there's not marital unity in the truths of God, right? I think a husband and wife need to be on the same page. That's why the Bible says that we're not to be unequally yoked with unbelievers, right? But to be believers yoked in marriage, to walk together. So we find here what Moses did. He simply thought, I'll just, my wife doesn't like this. I'll just cower down. I'll just quit leading. I'll just take a back seat. And I'll just keep serving God without this obedience. Without this level of obedience to God. And notice what was happening. God was going to take his life. See, anything short of obedience is what? Disobedience. This was to be carried out, no questions asked. And it was Moses' job. It was the man of the house. It was the spiritual leader of the home. Their job to carry this out. And Moses didn't do it. And now Moses' life is on the line. Okay? J. Vernon McGee said this. Moses obviously thought he could get away with this area of disobedience he just let it slide like many Christian workers do who neglect their own families while trying to fix up other people's families. I, I, I've seen that happen before. Uh, it's always been something in the back of my mind to, as you're laboring for God, not forget about the responsibilities in your own home, with your own family, with your own kids, with your own wife. Right? That's easily done. To get all caught up in ministry and doing a good thing and what you're doing is great, but you're also forgetting a great thing, and that's called your family. Moses was not taking proper care of his family. He was carrying on to work for God. He wasn't taking care of his family. So notice what has to happen. A role shift. A role shift happens. So we find what does Sephora do in verse 25. She takes a sharp stone. And she, she takes care of the circumcision. She takes care of putting the symbol upon their, on their son. And that was a token of faith and obedience to God. You know what happened? Moses didn't die. I wonder. I wonder how many times men's lives are, 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 are saved or are given longer life because their wives stepped up and did their part too. I wonder how many times God's brought blessing continually into a home because the men have cowered down and the women had to step up. Y'all with me? Going forward for God is, 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 not, is not a husband abdicating from his role and putting all upon his spouse. But God has given men and women roles in the home to carry out those for the glory of God. And God blesses those. So the best way forward for the family is being unity, but marital unity. And so they were not on the same page, and Sephora had to step in. Husbands, please don't let that be you tonight. Be the man God's called you to be for your home. Carry out God's will for your home as well as for the church that you serve in. All right? So God could have struck him down, but he saved him. Could have, could have struck him down, but he saved him. With family unity. It's, it's a lot easier, I'll say this, it's a lot easier to serve God when I know I'm being all that I need to be for her. Amen? It's a lot easier for her to serve God when she knows she's being the wife to me that I need. 
that. Because, folks, I, I'll just be honest with you. I'll be completely transparent. There have been times in my ministry where I have shortchanged my wife because I was serving God. Folks, that don't fly in the face of God. I've seen pastors lose their children, lose their marriages because they were serving God. Lose them. One of God's greatest blessings. And it ain't just pastors. It can be missionaries. It can be laymen in the church. It's you're serving God. But folks, serving God is a broader picture. It needs to start at home, amen, and never stop at home. Moses had a wake-up call there, and I, hopefully he, I believe he learned from it. So we find that they go from that, and Moses is spared, and they continue to go forward, I think, with some better unity. And he joins up with Aaron here, and he fills in Aaron with the details. All right? So Aaron and Moses, they're brought together. Moses relays the information to Aaron, and now they're going to go forward. Now they're going to do the work of God. They're going to go deliver the children of Israel. Now, what was Moses' greatest fear? They wouldn't believe him, right? They wouldn't believe him. That if I go, they will not believe what I'm going to tell them. But we find what's happening here in the last part of this chapter. Look with me again. So lastly, we see this. The best way forward is with a heart of worship. With a heart of worship. So in verse 29, they went, they gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel and Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs on the side of the people. And the people did what? They believed. They believed that they believed that all the words that Moses and Aaron said, all the works and the wonders that, that Moses and Aaron did, they believed what they had to say. They believed God. Not, not just a few of them, but the entire nation believed them in going forward. Now notice this. Notice what happens now. We find that they believed them, that God had looked upon them and visited them. We find in verse 31, then they bowed their heads and did what? Worshipped. This was, this was the springboard for them to start chapter 5 and begin to speak to Pharaoh, to, to go forward as a people. You see, sometimes I think worship, I think worship is minimalized in the hearts and minds of believers today. I think if, more, if worship was a greater priority, we would see more in worship. Now, I don't mean just sitting in a pew in a church service. I'm talking about worshiping God in your heart and mind. And so we find here this heart of worship now is going to springboard them forward to serve the Lord. This is exactly what, what happens. I see a heart of worship. A heart of sincere worship is going to equal a heart of sincere service. If, you're, if your heart is, is prioritizing worship and you're worshiping God in your heart and within yourself, you're going to find yourself also serving God with your whole heart and with your whole self. That's what worship does. Worship launches you out in surrendered service. And I'm telling you, these people and Moses and Aaron are going to have to be surrendered if they're going to carry on and go forward for the Lord. And the last thing we read in chapter 4 is that they worshiped the Lord. As you're going this week, don't forget, and going forward for the Lord, worship Him. Worship Him 
and in spirit and in truth. The best way forward. So tonight, as we stand to our feet, I have a few questions for you. We're going to have a song. I have a few questions for you. Moses learned the best way forward. When we've read those tonight, we've seen those, right? Right before us in Scripture. So let me ask you a question. Are you trying to go forward for the Lord in your own way? In your own time? Your own plan? Are you trusting God's timing and God's results? Are you hindering your children from happily serving God? Are you supporting them? Are you here tonight? Are you supporting or hindering your spouse in the work of the Lord? I have those questions for you, and only you can answer them tonight. I want you to be able to go forward in the best way. And folks, tonight, I pray that you will end tonight with a heart of worship. Because a heart of worship will be a heart for service. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight. We see many things in these verses. I'm not looking at them exhaustively. But, Father, we, we need to go forward in your timing and in your ways. We need to go forward trusting you. We need to go forward knowing and trusting that you know the obstacles that we're going to face. And that you prepare us for them. You give us the tools of which to labor even when there's obstacles. Even when things get hard to face. That we can continue because you have a purpose even in those details of our life. Father, help us tonight to be husbands and wives. To be on the same page spiritually that we may support one another to go forward for you. I pray those that are parents, that they will support their children in the ministry. Encourage them. And tonight, Father, help us to know that if we're going to go forward in the best way, we need to have a heart of worship. Because a heart of worship leads us to a heart of service. So, Father, I pray each one tonight, if they're not following you completely, following your path, your way, your timing, I pray tonight that they would just re-surrender. And Father, there be someone here tonight that has not surrendered their, their heart and soul to the only plan of salvation. The death, burial, and resurrection. If they've never completely repented and believed on Christ, I would pray they would do that tonight before their life comes to an end. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen.